Right, we're going to be quick about this. Uh, the intro to tonight's podcast, because at the end of the show is a very important document that's going to be relayed to you by Richie, because we've been spending quite a long time during this show putting it together. Don't want to do any spoilers. It's got something to do with rejigging the calendar. You'll find out when you listen to this. Going to chat later. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. I mean, I don't need to repeat this here. I've said it enough on the show enough times, but I flippin' ate Bing Bunny. <laughs> Bing Bunny, the kids' TV thing off CBBS. I've always thought Bing is the worst of the worst. If you don't know who he is, he's this kind of bunny rabbit in a pair of dungarees. He's, he's really whiny. He's really annoying. Uh, it hurts me so much because my youngest daughter Thea is obsessed with him and just shouts Bing Bing. You've been consistent on this for a long time. I've not changed my standpoint. No, you haven't. And I've always thought I've always been kind of safe and kind of confident in the knowledge that Bing's as bad as it can get. Like if there was a, a Mariana Trench of terrible kids' TV, Bing is the ping. <laughs> back on that sonar. It's, it's as low as you can possibly get. That was until, uh, like I said earlier on at the very start of the show, I feel like a new name, a pretender to the throne, has appeared just this morning. Uh, and this text from Nick kind of sums it up. He says, Bing's ability to annoy pales into insignificance before the power of Blippy. I'm a pretty laid-back person, but this bloke just makes me angry. Tricky said on Twitter, don't, if you value your life, do not check out Blippy. Now, this sounds like... I've never heard of this guy before in my entire life. It sounds like some kind of kids' TV Pandora's box that I'm scared to open. Tricky's saying if you value your life, don't check him out. Who is this guy? Blippi has been in my world for the last six months. I would agree with everyone that's got in touch with you and said what they have, but I've, I've, I've decided not to bring it up for you because if you didn't know about him, you wouldn't be that thankful if you got introduced into his world. So all these all these weeks and months when I've been moaning to you about Bing, even when the songs are on, <laughs> deep down you've known that it could have actually been <laughs> yeah. worse. Yes. And where, where, because I always feel like I, I, I know most of the kids' TV. I'll sit and watch it with Thea and stuff like that as well. And there in my older one. I'll watch anything. But I've never heard of him. Where, where's he on? It's, he's not on a channel. He is a kids' YouTube sensation. Oh, dear, oh, dear. So oh dear. if you've ventured into uh, your smart TV or YouTube on an iPad, that's where, that's where he starts coming through. That's so where he is. Rocco watches him. He, he's a fan of Blippi. He absolutely loves Blippi. He watches Blippi's videos. We've bought Blippi. Magazines. We bought Blippy toys recently. It is everywhere. It's weird, isn't it? Because the guy's name is almost like it's, you're bleeping out uh, an expletive. <laughs> well, we've got a little clip of him. I've never. Uh, what does this guy look like before we play the clip? What's, he, what's his kind of thing? Uh, he has zany orange glasses, a zany blue and orange cap, zany orange braces, and a zany orange bow tie with blue trousers and a blue shirt. He looks ridiculous. He sounds like the kind of person who gets shooed in within five minutes of stepping into any pub in the United Kingdom. Let's have a listen to Blippy. We're here for ice cream. <laughs> Wow, this big white thing right here, this is the freezer. Listen Let's to his open voice. it up. Whoa! Look at all this ice cream. All right, let's pick out five ice cream bars. So right here, we have five. One, two, three, four, five. five. 
five ice cream bars. Oh, my word. <laughs> Bing, Bing. welcome back. All is forgiven. That's so bad. Right, so like, let's see how widespread this blippy thing is. Richie's heard of him. A couple of people on uh, text and Twitter have heard of him. Anyone else aware of the phenomena that is blippy? Uh, I would agree with Will, who says, I can tell you that blippy took over our TV for far too much time. I regret ever accidentally clicking on him. Uh, wow. I, I would have to be even-handed and say, much as he does irritate me, um, Rocco absolutely loves him. Absolutely loves him. I know, but still, there needs to be there needs to be boundaries. <laughs> you need to have a word with Rocco. Although Dan, actually, to be fair, is, is defending Blippi. He says at least Blippi is somewhat educational. Bing is just a whiny, and then there's a word I can't say on the radio. <laughs> well, I mean, this this the thing that's kind of like completely thrown me about this is that I felt like I kind of had it down. Like, oh, I know that Bing's the worst. You can't get any worse than that. This this makes everything up for grabs. The fact there's another guy I've never even heard of. It's oh, yeah, a yeah. YouTube channel with I guess millions of followers Absolutely, as well. Absolutely, yeah. So why do we? Try Try and settle this debate once and for all. And I'm not just talking about the current day now. I'm talking about anything. Why don't we try and work out who you think is the most irritating kids' TV character of all time? Or even all the way back to, like, Bill and Ben, the flowerpot men, all the black and white stuff, you know, the kind of slightly scary stuff that people used to watch during the war, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Anything goes. Now, if we're talking all of, of all time... Of all time. Of all time, I'm chucking in Bungle off of Rainbow. What's I always, wrong with Bungle? I always thought he had a bit of a whiff of the fun police about him. Everything that the others were always up to, Bungle was always the one that was, oh, no, <laughs> no, I don't think we should be doing that. I'm thinking... Come on, it's a kids' TV show. Have some fun. I just feel like if he was just given a bit more self-belief and a bit more encouragement from Jeffrey, it'd be in a different story. <laughs> this is it. And so, hopefully, before by five o'clock, we're going to try and work out what is the most annoying kids' TV character of all time. Now that the floodgates have opened, we're getting some names for ones that I, I never thought would ever come in in a million years. Lee in Surrey. This is sacrilege, I would say. Thomas the Tank Engine wound me up. Oh. Such a smug look on his face whenever there's trouble and too much of a goody-goody. He then goes on say, I'd have a tenner on Ivor the Engine, wiping that smug look off his face. Do you remember Ivor the Engine? I do, yes. Slightly creepier, shabbier, <laughs> older brother of Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, well, we've got here, Lee says Bagpuss, just annoying fat cat, he says. You can't eat Bagpuss. Come on, the, yes. the mice are creepy, but yeah. Bagpuss was fine. We've got Will on the line. Will, who, in your opinion, is the most annoying kids' TV character of all? It's Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> Perfectly good crime-fighting team, and really made Scooby and Shaggy feel really bad about themselves. <laughs> That's a good point because I mean, there's there's a, a big tradition of perfectly normal cartoons being ruined by the addition of the comedy character. So Godzilla had uh, Godzuki. Oh yes, do you remember that was a wild? Yeah, like, yeah. Lost Godzuki, still ruining it. And then Scooby Doo was fine; they had a good team. And then Scrappy Doo turns up. Oh, I've forgotten about the Godzuki thing. That's that is special. I'd, I'd managed to blank that, but Scrappy Doo, seriously, on a note, I, I even remember being about eleven years old and and really taking issue with the introduction of that character. <laughs> I think that's fair enough, because also when Scrappy-Doo came in, that also meant that Fred and, and Velma and all that, they weren't necessarily in the ones where Scrappy was in, were they? Yeah, marginalised them. Yeah. They must <laughs> yeah. have resented him so much in the van, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And what sort of lesson does that give kids? It's just like, be annoying, be overconfident, and then everyone else will pick up the pieces. Yeah, I think I think Shaggy, I'm sure I saw an interview between Shaggy and Martin Bashir, and he said there were three of us in this relationship. <laughs> I, I want to see that interview now. Good Cheers, man. Will, that's great. Brad Hudson, the barber who uh, waxed my nasal hair a few weeks ago, do you remember? Oh, him? yes. Hudson and Sons Barbers in Leon C, he's a good man. He's just texting me to say, uh, my uh, Harper, so his daughter, loves Blippi, his little girl 
loves Blippi, apparently he tries out soft play areas in America and attempts to go down the slides, etc. But he does my head in, says yes, Brad. Yes, that's absolutely what he does. Soft play places is another place he loves to hit. And he seems to always go there when it's before it's open, completely it's nice and closed, calm. and then just goes around and going, whoa, this is a great slide. So what he's doing is Blippi's trying to get in like and be friends with your kids and that. So that as a parent, you can't chuck him out of the house or turn him off or whatever. Absolutely. It's like, it's... It's kind of sinister. It's very clever what he's doing. Very clever what he's doing. But we are trying to find out what is the most annoying kids' TV character of all time. Who, who is it in your book? Uh, Chaz says this text here. Chaz, Morph's mate, off of Take oh, Heart. Chaz. He's got to be right up there. What, what was the point in Chaz? <laughs> I think it was just to annoy Morph, wasn't it? Chaz was the colour of, like... Like a hangover. I don't think even Tony Hart me? liked Chaz. He was always having a go, telling him to calm down. As was, well. was he Morph's cousin? Was it? Was it his cousin? Was he cousin or was it just a mate? I don't think there was a family there. I there think was... there might be some family. I'm not too we'll sure. Have to, we'll, we'll have, have to, to find, find out. out a family tree. I'm sure he's got Wikipedia. <laughs> Uh, Matt has a pop at Inspector Gadget. Good point. Inspector Gadget, absolute clown. His kid and the dog. Talking dog always solving all the crimes. Dave says the tweenies, all of them, in particular the orange one and the blue one. Yeah, the blue one. Special place in hell reserved for that one. They sung all the songs and stuff. Uh, Jennifer says, I love this. I love it when people have got really specific dislikes about things. Uh, Jennifer says, Rosie and Jim, the legs used to creep me out. Their legs. <laughs> Spongy, weird legs. Oh, dear. If you have a vote for the worst kids' TV character of all time, we need to hear about it right now. Uh, weirdly, I've just had a look online, apparently Chaz is Morph's alter ego. Oh, really? So it's not even his brother or his cousin or his mate. It's, it's a part of his imagination. That was deeper than we appreciated when we were kids. He's having some kind of psychosis there. <laughs> we just thought it was his cousin over for tea. Uh, Kerry says, for me, Pete... Uh, from Boogie Beebies back in the early 2000s. He's too energetic, too smiley, and he looked like he missed raving. Uh, and Claire adds, Sue from the Sooty Show. She was sanctimonious and patronising. Uh, this whole process started because uh, Bush has discovered uh, Blippi over the weekend. Uh, Baz, you suffer this too? I'm in the world of Blippi myself. My son not only watches it, but he's worked out how to screen mirror it to our 55-inch TV. Oh, my <laughs> word. <laughs> That's just like, it's like, it's like Blippi, Blippi is, I don't know, invading your house and all of your smart devices. It's torture. Baz, the one thing we haven't explored with Bush yet, um, and I don't know whether you agree with me on this one, the thing that makes Blippi even more powerful is the fact that there's songs involved. All right, oh, Bing doesn't dear. have songs, but Blippi, Blippi's got his songs. Has like, he got an album? I mean, I could, I could, I could probably sing the Excavator song for you right now. Could you sing any of his songs, Baz? No, I couldn't have that blanket from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> Trash your devices, him from getting in there. It's the only way to do it. Stop it at source, Baz. I've, mate, I've got to work around the house in noise-cancelling headphones to stop it from getting in. <laughs> <laughs> nice to speak to you, man. Take care. The votes are still coming in. Gavin says Mr Snuffleupagus and Big Bird. No, just no. Uh, but I think there has been one more than any other. Rich, you've been manning the... You've been like watching the wires as they come in on this. I have, and I've been making records of everything that has come in. And uh, actually, by some way, out in the lead, uh, nobody finds anyone more irritating than Scrappy-Doo. Have a listen to this. All right, Shadow Creature, you're dealing with Scrappy-Doo now. Prepare to splat! 
Ah! He, he sounds like a more fun knockabout, uh, you know, a little bit like Joe Pesci's character in Goodfellas, <laughs> but without the pen in the bar. They bought him in in 1979 because ratings for normal Scooby-Doo were dropping, and do you know what? It actually worked. Ratings went back up, and that's why they ditched off Fred and Velma. So the people with the van, the grown-ups, yes. lost their job because of Scrappy-Doo. Because of Scrappy-Doo. Unbelievable. He is the worst, folks. Let's just tell it like it is. Absolute radio. Went into the uh, supermarket today and uh, everywhere you go, pumpkins are go-go everywhere, all ready for it. Certainly if you look on people's uh, socials, they're all going to pumpkin farms and picking up pumpkins, getting ready for uh, Halloween and all this kind of thing. When you go to a pumpkin farm, do you have to actually pull a pumpkin out of the ground? Or are they um, sneakily placed there for you to pick them up? I think they're sneakily placed for the experience. It's all a bit, oh, really? of a, bit of a ruse, really. It's like pretend farming. We're whistleblowing for, for Halloween here. <laughs> but here's the thing, right, OK? So there's a lot of Halloween stuff going on. When I went in the supermarket today, pumpkins are go-go everywhere. Yep. But then equally, they're erecting their thing for fireworks night, all right? Oh, yeah, All the fireworks well. getting ready to buy. And it did make me think, right, there's basically six calendar days apart Halloween and fireworks night yeah. it's a bit of an imbalance isn't it and I thought a bit more about this I've got this scrap piece of paper here that I've been um, been working on and I've drafted out the calendar in front of me here because you've got Halloween and fireworks night six nights apart when you look at the year there are quite simply some months that are not pulling their weight what months with now going on, you mean? February's got Valentine's, got no problem with that. Fair enough. May's got two bank holidays in, got no problem with that. August has got a bank holiday at the end of it, that's exciting. October, November, as you break between the two, you've got this six-day Halloween fireworks night. You've got your Christmas in December. June, January, July, September, most of October, nothing going on. So it's almost like you need to, like, uh, I don't know, re- is it redistribute the wealth of, of the calendar year amongst or equally amongst all the different months? Absolutely, Bush. I think your pumpkin farm would sell more pumpkins if it wasn't having to compete with people buying fireworks, for example. They're taking, they're taking customers off each other. It's ridiculous. So what I'd suggest we do on the show tonight, and it's, you know, some may say this is one of the most controversial things that we've ever done. Yeah. But, you know, we're here to challenge the thinking, all right? Outside the box. That, that's That's the... Latin mantra of this show. It's what the two of us do. Let's try and redesign the calendar over the next over the next fifty-five minutes. The Gregor is it the Gregorian calendar? Is that the name of it? Gregorian. Well, we're not we're, we're not looking at inventing new months. What all we're just saying is, if you could put Halloween or fireworks or or your Valentine's somewhere else, where would you put it? Maybe they're not in the right months, and it might spread it all out and make it more equal. Well, I mean, like for me, just from on a personal perspective, I'm my my birthday's the twentieth of December, mm-hmm. and I always find that my birthday's overshadowed with all the other stuff that's going on. Like December's got loads of other stuff in it. Yeah, maybe they should move. You know, I don't know, Boxing Day. I have Boxing Day in July or something like that. <laughs> there's nothing else going on in July, is But there's there? no reason why not, is what, there? Why, I think anything's up for grabs. So I, for example, I would move I would move your Halloween to June or July. We've already said there's, there's not much going on in either of those months. Old people would find it less scary because yeah. it, be, uh, it wouldn't be dark when people are knocking on the doorstep. Yes. Imagine if you, someone's going trick-or-treating and it's absolutely blasting sunlight. I think it'd be great. You can't be scared of a ghoul in 40-degree heat, can yeah. you? That's the thing. And it's harder to key a car or egg someone if there's bright sunlight, all right? It makes, it makes the whole 
Halloween thing less scary. I know. I think if we get this right, we won't need to do the thing where you take or give an hour's time because of British summertime or winter or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. That could be in there too. Huge implications. So if you want to have a think about this, got some suggestions to make where you want to put various new holidays, get in touch with us. 8, 12, 15 for your texts. Dave in Farnborough uh, is suggesting, as we pointed out, there's nothing that goes on in September. Nothing. He says, make transfer deadline day a bank holiday in September. I guess he's looking at taking one of May's bank holidays, moving it to September and putting it on transfer deadline day. Think about it like this. If you can imagine in your mind one of the months or, you know, or stuff in itself, overeating really with, with events and special yeah. yearly things, and you've got another month that's got nothing, absolutely on the bare bones, then we need to redistribute the wealth, don't we? Chris says, what about Christmas every four years, a little bit like the World Cup? <laughs> so for me, having a birthday in December that is always blighted by Christmas being all over everything and you can only get Christmas wrapping paper, etc. or people combine my Christmas present and my birthday present in one, this would be amazing, Christmas every four years. It would really fix it for you. Uh, Paul says if we want a July day, we could have a flying ant day. Everyone gets the day off to get rid of the little <laughs> blighters. Yes. We, have a, we have pointed out that June and July have nothing going on. That's where Bush and I are proposing that we move Halloween to. Come on, right? Rather than it. have these two days close together. Although Nick has a problem uh, with oh. our Halloween in June or July thing. What's the problem, Nick? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Only because um, Halloween, the pumpkins are only available in Halloween, only ripening sort of autumn time. So unfortunately in the middle of summer you just have plants, no pumpkins. <laughs> oh, I didn't realise. I thought they were just kind of... All, they're quite hardy-looking things, pumpkins. I just thought they were around all year round. Unfortunately not. No, they're normally grown sort of April, May, June time, and then they just slowly but surely become uh, pumpkins. Well, really. Joe, so, we, we uh, never said that this calendar redistribution was going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of hurdles to overcome, isn't there? There's no sacred cow here, sure. Nick. And equally, you can still have your Halloween night without your pumpkins. Yeah. Well, I think it'll be easy as well. I don't know, it's all part of it, surely. There's this horrible, sticky, sort of gooey stuff and the smell of them and making a mess. That's all part of Halloween, isn't it, really? And, Whenever you, um, you, you run into an obstacle like this, think of September. September's got absolutely nothing going on, and we want to change that because it's not fair. That is true. It is a rubbish month. So maybe it's, maybe we could eat our pumpkins earlier into September, then, maybe. That's more like it. I like your thinking. Yeah. Do you have any other solutions or, or, of days that you'd like to see on other days? I just think they should make the week shorter and have longer weekends, really. That's my thoughts. That sounds good to us. That sounds brilliant. Anything's up for grabs. Cheers, Nick. Good to chat. All right, thank you very much. Chris has just tweeted to say, use a watermelon instead of a pumpkin for a July Halloween. (laughs) Sorted. (laughs) That is the attitude that we're after. There's quite a few people as well who are objecting to us moving Halloween from uh, October to June and July uh, because it won't be dark. That was the whole point. It makes it less scary as well. And also, I quite like the idea of trick-or-treating at half ten at (laughs) night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is revolutionary. Dan in Nottingham says do everything on one day oh wow and decide the day on a live draw on new year's eve that is one of the finest ideas i've ever heard in my entire life imagine that it's it's so exciting it's brilliant dan lee says why don't we remove november in its entirety (laughs) and then if you have to have 365 days in the year turn those 78 odd spare days into weekends (laughs) it's a great show it is an amazing plan i love this idea lose a month altogether uh, al is hanging on al you reckon you've seen through the whole reason why we're in this mess altogether what's going on well it's the school teachers isn't it they love it don't they they you know they they, they reckon that they just want to take june july off so you know they'll go in they'll go in they'll start preparing their they'll also start preparing to do their fireworks just for the uh, november november term and then right. 
you know, then they'll take time out in, time out in December for Christmas. They make the Christmas cards, get all the kids to do that, yeah. and then and then then when they go back in January, they start making Easter bonnets. <laughs> You know, they, they, don't, they don't actually have to teach kids anything. You know, it's just a, it's just a, an art class, and then they just, you know, then June, July, bring, bring a toy in a day, and it's just a golf, isn't it? So you think the current calendar is a global conspiracy by teachers? <laughs> I don't know. Indeed, I do. Indeed. Al, yeah. do you know what? I mean, <laughs> we're not necessarily agreeing with what you're saying, but certainly when you look at the evidence you've laid before us, it's very difficult to deny it. It's very hard to argue, isn't it, Al? Well, I do have some very good friends that are school teachers and teaching assistants, and and we do rip them quite a lot about their uh, artistic talents. Yeah. I would say you did have some good friends that are school teachers <laughs> and teaching assistants, Al. <laughs> uh, we have spent the last hour of the show trying to fix the problem uh, that is Halloween and fireworks night being just six nights apart and redesigning the calendar for the whole year. We think we're near a solution. The big headline news yep. is that home time is scrapping January. Really sorry, January's gone. So we're going to have 11 months. We're all going to have longer weekends. We've got something for every single month for the rest of the year. Anyone panicking now, thinking, oh my God, my birthday's in January. What's going to happen? Don't worry, we're going to have people working through the night to try and uh, <laughs> assign you with a different month and a different birthday. We will get it sorted out, don't you worry. But if you have a listen, download the Hometime podcast tonight. We're going to explain it in full. And if you have a look on the Absolute Radio socials, you will be able to have a look and see the completed calendar. Oh, my Sunday afternoon was crushing. I got disowned by my daughter. We were watching uh, uh, my teenage son play football yesterday. Uh, result didn't go their way. That's not important. Uh, but uh, stood on the touchline and I was wearing my football watching gear. Right? Not if I was yeah. in the stadium, but like if I'm watching a game, actual game by the side of the pitch. And I'm wearing <laughs> a pair of wellies. Yeah. All right. And I've got my outdoor jacket on. And I was also wearing... <laughs> Also wearing my tweed cap. You, you, uh, all you needed was a half-cocked shotgun over your arm, <laughs> and you'd have looked that country living look. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! She turned to me and she's like, "Dad, no one else looks like you on the side of the touchline. This is so embarrassing. Can you just go and take your weddies off and put your trainers back on, or at least take the cap off? It's so I don't want to be near you. This is just so embarrassing. It's tough though, isn't it? Because the cap that you've got, you can't match that up with a white pair of trainers. Like, you look like uh, someone who gets involved." <laughs> in football violence. Exactly. So you have to have the wellies in there. But I guess it's a rite of passage, isn't it? What What was it that your parents did that made you want to disown them? That's what I thought we could all just come together with on this final hour of the show. Isn't it weird? Because obviously, like, like anyone, I was mortified by my parents' behaviour and stuff when I was a kid. But when you get older and you become a parent or whatever, you do, you, you almost get off, like, you get a bit of, like, catnip by, being, by yeah. being an idiot. Like, for me, I will always, my eldest daughter, Erin, hates this, I have to do the chip and pin mobile phone thing. <laughs> I can't not do it. And I know she absolutely hates me for it. Uh, Kerwin in uh, Ware, your neck of the woods, says, oh, yeah. gents, my dad insisted on sticking sultanas in curries. All the rage in the late 80s home cooking. Wow, but getting embarrassed by Imagine that, Imagine having ashamed of your dad's precious. raisins. I mean, come on. Angela says, my dad, bless his soul, white socks with sandals and with tracky bottoms. That's a hell of a combination. That is a hell of a combo. And what about this, folks? This is a hot text. Uh, when I was a teenager, I used to go in my boyfriend's car to our local car park, which us kids use for some privacy, a.k.a. snogging. One night, my dad was up there in his car with his secretary. I've never quite forgiven him. Wow. Wowee. Uh, what was it that your parents did that made you want to disown them? James, there was something that yours did? Yeah, no, my mother used to, uh, used to go to M&S with my mother and she'd uh, drag us around the 
dragged me in, sort of on the pretense of getting stuff for me, dragged me to the, you uh, to end up in the knickered apartment, at which time I would hide as far away as I could possibly could. And then embarrassingly, she'd um, not be able to find me and uh, start shouting my name, at which point I gave him more red. <laughs> wow. So for me, I remember like, if you accidentally took a wrong turn into the, the knicker department when you were at that age, it was just like a labyrinth. You couldn't get out. It was like an embarrassment labyrinth. It certainly was, yes. It was terrible. End up with a gusset over your face. <laughs> Enough. This is this is a before the watershed show, man. Uh, Linda's got in touch. Says, guys, my mum's extremely loud snorting laugh mm-hmm. uh, in a cinema when I was there with about fifteen friends watching Ghostbusters back in the eighties. Not cool. Totally not cool. But it is funny to think about it now, though. Uh, talking about the football thing, this is a great text in from Andy the Carpenter in Sussex. He says, when I was at secondary school, my dad used to come and watch me play football and he would always wear his deer stalker hat. Obviously, he became known as Sherlock, much to my obvious embarrassment at the time. But not content to leave it there, on cold days when he was watching on the sidelines, he would take it upon himself to practice the triple jump on the little track that ran next to the pitch. <laughs> In his deer stalker hat, his overcoat, his trousers and his brogues, often causing play to be stopped as people fell about laughing. To this day, some of my mates, nearly 40 years on, still refer to the legend that is Sherlock. <laughs> That's Amazing. brilliant. And look, both of those stories there do pose a question, right? OK. At the time, it might have been embarrassing. But you look back on it now and you kind of cherish the memories. It's a brilliant... I mean, that's just an amazing bit of idiosyncratic behaviour, isn't it? Big time. So, you know, your daughter, who doesn't take kindly to you doing the chip and pin uh, thing, you know, right now, in years to come, when yeah. you've moved off this mortal coil, yep. will she be reminiscing and thinking, Dad was funny? Well, there you go, Erin. Give it a few months. It'll be funny. It'll be, it'll be funny in the year 2030. <laughs> uh, Claire's hanging on. What did yours do? Um, my dad was picking me up from sixth form and uh, in front of everyone who just kicked out and he managed to reverse into the pole by the zebra crossing. <laughs> right. And he knocked the orange light off the top, oh, at which word. point he picked it up, showed it to everyone and put it in the car boot. Amazing. <laughs> uh, what, what is your dad's name? I bet he's got a cracking first name that would sum up his kind of behaviour. Norman. Norman. <laughs> Absolutely has. Of course. Claire, that's incredible because in front of all your mates, he's managed to show he's not a very good driver, vandalise and thief. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what his actions say in many ways, and what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Stick it yeah, in the boot. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mega amazing and also very embarrassing. Respect to Norman. Thank you, Claire. Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Right then, here we go. Thank you for listening right the way through to the end of the podcast, and uh, it will be worth it when you've heard what we've put together for you. So January's dead. January's gone. gone. Uh, the, the brand new home time calendar, 11 months, uh, as was suggested by one of you, been off a month, have longer weeks, uh, longer weekends rather. Yes. Okay. That's what I think we can, I don't know, 70-odd days worth, we can add on some, maybe make weekends a bit bigger, something like that. So we looked at things and realised that January hasn't got anything going on, so let's just lose it as a month. Terrible gone. month. We haven't got much money anyway, so it's gone. If you do have a birthday in January, do get in touch with the show. We are assigning you birthdays, so we'll sort that out for you. February, for some kind of familiarity, and hopefully it means it would be one of the 30, 31 days and get rid of this ridiculous 28-day business of February. February, we come back with Valentine's, right? That's all cool. That's all sorted. March and, e- uh, March and April, obviously, Easter's a bit of a movable feast, so... They're, Literally. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're staying as they are. Easter will rock up in one of those months. May's already got a bank holiday, so that 
back and stay as it does. May sort it. But we're taking one of the bank holidays out of May and we're moving it elsewhere. So June is now going to have New Year's Day. You know when you've been on the motorway before and they're moving a mobile home? Yep. It's like that. It is exactly like that. It's like June. All right? So because we got rid of January, New Year's Day doesn't happen in January anymore, so we're having it in June because it doesn't normally have anything. Yeah, there you go. It's good. July is now the new home of Halloween, making it less scary because it'll be lighter when people are trick-or-treating. Yeah, cool. And as was pointed out during the show, uh, watermelons will replace pumpkins because they won't necessarily be readily available in July. Thought of everything. August... What was a Maybank holiday is now in August, uh, and we're going with Fish and Chips Day. Come on, I mean, it's it's a brand new national day that we're going to be rolling out, and uh, it'll be street parties, yep. uh, Morris dancing, loads of different stuff. But as some of you would have realised, August already has a bank holiday, so the bank holiday that was in May that we've taken out of it is now at the beginning of September, where we celebrate Transfer Deadline Day. That's right. That's right, it's going to be so good. Pancake Day. A lot of you are screaming, where was that, guys? It's now in October. I mean, you can eat a pancake any time of the year. I, I've n- there's no bad time to eat a pancake. Fireworks Night stays on November the 5th as we respect the history of the United Kingdom. Yep. Christmas is Christmas in December. There you go. If, if any of this is confusing, don't worry about it. It'll be available to download as a PDF immediately after this podcast. I'm imagining wherever you're listening to this right now, you've just broken out into applause and have stood up because you cannot believe what we've just come up with. How have we done 2020 years like this? OK, guys, ready for this? One, two, three, four. Bush and Richie's podcast. It is now over. It is now over. It's over. It's done.